The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Death has been defeated. Are you excited this morning? I tell you what, you know, we, we think about what happened on Friday. And, and we, we, we remember that because of the sacrifice that was made. But I tell you one thing, Sunday morning, it all changed, didn't it? And because of Sunday morning, <laughs> the keys to eternity have been handed to each one of us who believe. Praise God. We're going to continue our worship now as we bring our tithes and our offerings back to him, a portion of what he's blessed us so much with. If you um, have those with you, just lift them up. If you've given already online or given um, watching and you've given just lift it up in spirit and repeat these words after me as I give I believe that the God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will multiply and increase the fruit of whatever I sow today that giving is an act of worship to be done willingly, cheerfully, and generously. That the Lord will cause his blessings to come upon me and overtake me as the windows of heaven are open. That God will rebuke the devourer. <laughs> God showed him something with his son, didn't he? <laughs> For my sake. And he will not destroy the fruit of my ground. Therefore, I will honor the Lord with the first fruits of all my increase. So shall my barns be filled with plenty and my presses shall burst out with new wine. Praise God.
dying for our sins, shedding your blood, becoming that ultimate sacrifice that we could be saved, delivered, and set free. We thank you for rising on the third day. We, we celebrate that this morning, your resurrection. And we thank you and praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us life and giving it to us more abundantly. We give you praise and glory and honor this morning. There's nothing better than you, Lord. Nothing better than you, Jesus. So we pray that this morning that your word be anointed, Father God, that it, it will come into us and, and stir something up on the inside of us that maybe needs to be stirred up. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Father. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. You know, I um, started out this weekend. The name of my sermon was He is Risen. And, you know, Friday night we showed the, the movie The Passion. And it just stirred up in me how much, how much Jesus loved us. Loves us still. But to do what he did. So I changed it to Love is Risen. Because Jesus is love. Amen? He's ultimate love. And you know, as we give him praise and honor, we, you know, we should every day celebrate him and celebrate his resurrection. But this is a special time that we take and celebrate that this morning. I want to first, before I start, I want to just say four things about the resurrection of Christ. First of all, the resurrection proves that Jesus is who he said he was. Amen? Proves that he was who he said he was. He was God. And then the second thing is the resurrection of, of Jesus secures our justification. Makes us just in his sight. You know, there's a song that came out, justified, justified, never sinned, justified by Christ. The third is the power of the Christian life is in the present is the power of the resurrection. Us living out that life is the power of the resurrection. That, 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 that thing that he did inside of us changed us from who we were to who we are now. And then the fourth one is the resurrection of Jesus secures our own resurrection. You know, one day we're going to be resurrected with him. We might, we, this, this body will leave us, but we'll be resurrected on that day when he comes back again. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. When we talk about love, this, this love that Jesus has is deeper than any of us could ever understand love. You know, we, we love people, but we don't understand how much Jesus loved. Love, this love is a love that forgives our sin. Jesus loved us so much. And I think about that movie again. I think about when we watch that and how that, how much he cared, you know, because at any point, at any time, he could have stopped it. He could have said, I'm not doing this. Not going to do it. I'm, I'm done. It's too much. I mean, the, we can never imagine the torture he went through. I couldn't. We can never imagine, not just physically, but spiritually and mentally, you know, to the point when, when God had to turn his back on him because of the sin, and he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Wow, the forgiveness for our sins. His love forgives us, frees us, and conquered the grave. Hallelujah. And his love makes all things new. You know, somebody, you say, well, some things are we have to accept that newness. We have to accept that newness of life. We have to go forward in him. We have to be students of his word. We have to be in relationship with him and with the Holy Spirit. And every day we pray, we, we, we listen to him, we, we fellowship with him. We fellowship with the King of Kings. And you know what? The resurrection changed everything. It changed everything. 
You know, we no longer have to do all those customs. We don't have to put on sackcloths. We don't have to put on kerchiefs. We don't have to do any of that stuff. Because Jesus said, if you go back into it, and Paul said, if you go back into it, then you got to do it all. So we're not supposed to do it. We're supposed to come to Christ as we are. Amen? And we worship him, and we thank him, and we praise him. We don't have to do all the customs. Thank God we got delivered from that. You know how many times I've said, thank God I don't have to do sacrifices for people because this would be a bloody mess up here. Right? And we don't have to do that. Jesus was the, if you do that, then you're saying that Jesus' sacrifice was not perfect and was not ultimate. So we can't do that. Hallelujah. The resurrection changed everything. And, And again, his love frees us from our sin. Isn't that awesome? His love frees us from our sin. I, I love the, the two words set free. Because I know I've been set free. Set free from my past. Set free from what could have been my future. Set free from the things that t- try to torment me every day. Set free. Hallelujah. Romans 6, 7 says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Amen. How do we die with Christ? As we accept him. We say, here it is. Here's who we are. We don't, we're not the same person anymore. I am not the same Bill Knight that I was several years ago. What, 50, 40, almost 50, 49 years ago. <laughs> I know I look younger than that, so sorry. So let's talk, I want to talk about, before I go into any more about the resurrection, I'll talk about sin. You know, that's not a real popular word, right? <laughs> and sin is a sense of, of missing the mark. Sin is, is missing the mark, or failing to be who God called us to be and what God called us to be. We always think about us doing bad things. Yes, but you do bad things because you're missing the mark because you haven't accepted Christ and you haven't been born again. Doesn't mean you don't do bad things again, but it does mean that when you repent, you're forgiven. Hallelujah. It's um, falling short. Sin is falling short of what God has called us to do and called us to be. I I, am, it's kind of like sin is kind of like a a, a transgression. It's a crossing of the line. You know, we, we transgress against other people. We cross the line. We cross boundaries. We violate certain things because we cross lines that we don't need to cross. But thank God through Jesus, we can be set free from all that. We can be set free from the transgression of sin. And then another sin is also rebellion. Turning away from God. You know, when, when you turn your back on God, and you just you rebel. I'm sure the majority of us have rebelled in our, in our life. I did. I rebelled as a teenager. I rebelled against my parents, um, against what back then we called the establishment. I, I rebelled against all that. Didn't want any of that in my life. Some of it I didn't need, but I did rebel against it. But rebellion is a turning away from God. Um, when we rebel, we decide that we're going we're gonna to go out independent of God. We don't need God. We just need ourselves. Isn't that such a, a philosophy today? That's a wrong philosophy. We're God ourselves. We don't need God. But we do need God. He's the one that completes us. He sets us free. Amen. And he changes our lives. Hallelujah. And he gives us life. He said, I've come to give, and John, he says, I've come to give you life and give it what? More abundantly in John 10, 10. More abundantly. More than you could ever even think of. He's given us life. Praise the Lord. I think about how much life he's given me. And then, the last thing I want to say about sin is sin is a power. 
Sin can hold you captive. It can paralyze you. Sin makes you stay in a, in a bad state. Sin can, can um, have power over your mind, over your body, over every decision you make. Sin is powerful. But in a minute, we're going to talk about something and somebody more powerful than sin. But sin is powerful. So we need to realize that, that sin, what sin is. And remember, what, you know, by doing that, we know what we've been delivered from. You know, if you tell somebody, well, I've been delivered, I've been set free, and they say, from what? And you're just like, well, you know, I don't know. I've just been delivered and set free. You need to know what you've been delivered and set free from. Amen? need to know that at that course in my life, how my life, I know how my life changed. And from what I went was to what I am now and how my life has had taken a total different course. I was set free. I was set free from the power of sin. Romans 6, 22. But now you are free from the power of the sin of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Amen. That's what we've been set free to do. You just don't get set free from something, but you also get set free to something. Right? You, you just don't get set free from something. You get set free to something and to go forward. So I want to talk, a, share a little bit about the resurrection power. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Nothing is more powerful than that. Nothing. I want to read Matthew 28, 1 through 9. And this talks about what happened on that morning. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know who you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. He isn't. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped him, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. What a, you know, when, they first, when he first said he isn't there, you know, when they first saw that stone rolled away, they, their, their first thoughts may have been, and were probably and were like, somebody's come and got him. Where is he? Where is Jesus? When they walked in, there's some accounts that say, they're like, where is he? What happened? Who took him? But the angel of the Lord said, he's risen. He is risen. He's alive. Go tell the disciples. Go share that with them. They were excited about finding out that Jesus I mean, that put all that Jesus ever said, it, 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 um, it put the, the icing on the cake. He really is who he said he was, as we said in the beginning. He really is who he said he was. He rose from the dead. He said he would, and he did. Hallelujah. Amen. See, we need to um, know the power in Christ. And the power that raised him from the dead. Philippians 3, 10 and 11 says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. He, he, Paul saying, I, I want to know Christ. 
I want to experience that mighty power that raised him from the dead because one day I want to experience that resurrection. When Jesus comes back, we'll all experience that resurrection. And we'll go with him and we'll be with him for eternity. The resurrection power is converting power. It converts us. The word, that word convert means to change the state of something. You know that the water has different states. That's in this baptismal pool, there's water, right? But if we put heat to it, you know what'll happen? It'll turn to steam. It turns into a vapor. It changes. But if we stick it in the freezer in there, what will happen? It'll freeze solid. Hallelujah. When Jesus converts us to what we were, to something new. Another definition is something to change something into a different form so that it can be used in a different way. When Jesus comes in, he changes us so we can be used in a different way. Steam can be used to, to um, it used to be used to power turbines, to produce electricity, to power um, trains. And we all know that it's used in a different way. So we, we, when, we, when we, Christ comes to us and changes us, he changes us so we can be used in a different and a better way. Amen? He changes us. And you know what? To be converted, to be, to experience this converting power, you know what? It's pretty simple. All you have to do is believe God, confess your sins, repent, and receive him. John 3, 16 says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. You know, salvation, this power that, 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 that Jesus gives us, this resurrection power, can only be experienced by faith. We have to have the faith to believe it. The faith to believe that he is who he said he was. The, the, this word faith, true faith, has different components. One is acceptance. To have faith in something, you have to accept that it is what it is or it'll do what it'll do. And we talk about this a lot, but it's just like that chair you sit in, especially if you come here on a regular basis, a lot of you have the chairs that you sit in every week. You don't, when you come in here and get ready to sit down, you don't go, you reckon this chair's going to hold me up? Do you? No. You get in your car, so you reckon this seat's going to hold me up? No. You sit down because you ha it, you've experienced it, <laughs> and you know, you accept that it is what it is, and it'll do what it says it'll do. Now, when we were in Nicaragua, they have these little plastic chairs. And when some of us come in, they stack one on top of the other one. They put two chairs there, right? Why? Because they don't have faith in that one plastic chair to hold us up. <laughs> so they stack two. <laughs> You know where you're going to sit when you go there because you see the chairs stacked up too. <laughs> so they accept it. And also another component of faith is to, you're embracing something or someone as truth. You don't question again, is that a chair? Yes, it's a chair. 
You know what it looks like? You've had experience with that chair. So you sit down in that chair and you're comfortable and you don't question whether or not you should sit in that chair. Well, it should be the same with Christ. When we've had experience with Christ, we embrace who he is. And we don't have any problems embracing who he is. We don't have any problems accepting him into our life. We don't have any problems doing what he's asked us to do. Faith, is, faith in God, faith in Christ is a union with him and his word. We become one with him and one with his word. His word is who he is. Amen? You know, um, and then we become one with that and, and we join that and, and we live by that. And we have this, this last thing of faith is, is um, an inner confidence in God we have an inner confidence that God alone is enough we don't have to add anything to it we don't have to add anybody to it we don't have to add our stuff to it because God alone is enough amen he's enough for me he's enough for you and then there's this conquering power you know to conquer means to to um subdue to win to overcome by force there's a conquering power in christ romans 8 37 through 39 says yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us we're more than conquerors we're not just conquerors we are um, above conquerors we're more than just a conqueror for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus loves us no matter where we're at, what we do, what we don't do. And he always has. He always has. Ephesians 1, 18 through 26. Three says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seized him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Hallelujah. Christ is the head and we're his body. And in our bodies, our head has our brain, and we don't do anything that our brain doesn't really tell us to do. Did you know that? Our brain, the signals go to our brain when we want to do it, and, and it tells the hand to move, tells the feet to move, to walk. Christ, we should be the same way with Christ. When we come connected in, in union with Christ, then he begins to orchestrate what we do and where we go. So we need, that's why we need to renew our minds so we can hear him. Amen? And we can follow him and we can do what he says to do. And you know what? Life is much better and much simpler if we follow what he says to do. Because when we begin to rebel against what he wants, we begin to see, we begin to get frustrated. And see trouble in our lives. Hallelujah. So his power conquers sin, conquers death, conquered the grave, conquers our bodies, conquers us, becomes powerful. And then there's his transforming power. You know, you transform something, you change it into something else. You know, the, the movies that came out several years ago called Transformers. 
and these little cars are riding around, then all of a sudden they turn into these big robots and, and fight and do all these things. Well, that's, they transform from what we've been transformed from what we were to something new and better. Amen? I was transformed from what I was to something new and better. So in, in transforming, what that means, it means to change in your character. God will change your character. My character is way different than it used to be. God changes who you are, the way you think, the way you act. You need to be acting like Christ wants you to act. You need to be acting like a Christian. People should see you and say, wow, he's got good character. He's a different person. You know, people should be able to see that in our lives when we accept Christ. They should see that there is a difference. We all should have that in our lives. When I, when I accepted Christ, I was working and in this, for Duracell Battery Company, and there was a guy I went to school with. I hadn't seen him since I'd been in high school. And I was in there one day, and he walks up to me. He said, what happened to you? <laughs> what do you mean what happened to me? Do I look bad? No, you're just a different person. And I got to share with him about Christ and what Jesus did in my life. And he's, going, he's in church now. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. But he didn't do it right then, but later on. We, we need to be, people need to be able to recognize if your character has changed, you'll be a different person. If you, there's power in that. Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, and pleasing and perfect. I, I love the, that version because it says, change the way you think. The King James says to renew your mind. And that's good and that's right. But renewing your mind is changing the way you think. And when we accept Christ, that's why it's important that we get into this word and we begin to study it. Because through the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom about and giving us wisdom about what the Word says, we can change the way we think. If we change the way we think, we'll change our character, right? We'll change the way we do things. We'll change the way um, that we um, look at things. We're, we're totally changed. But if we don't do this, we don't get into this and study it and know what it says, guess what? We won't do a lot of changing because according to the Word, we have to renew our minds. We have to change the way we think. Thank God I don't think like I used to think. And every day I try to, you know, as the years go on, I, I want to say I think better. And I pray that I begin to think on God's Word Totally and all the time. You know, if, you, if something happens, we like to react, right? That's something I always had to work on, and I still work on it. In other words, but if, you're, if you've changed the way you think and your mind is different, you'll change the way you do react. You'll be able to say the right thing. But a lot of people say, well, you know, that's just the way I am. It's just the way I am. It's just the way God made me. No, it's not. It's, it's a pattern you've put into your life over years, and that's the way you are. But God made us, and he wants us to change the way we think. See, a lot of times when you say that, well, that's just the way I am, and I'm going to bite your head off if I want to. 
then you're not renewing your mind. You know, I'll say, before you bite somebody's head off, bite your tongue off. You know what I mean? Not literally. Please don't go around biting your tongues off. But what I'm saying is we have to learn how to react. Are we all perfect in it? Am I perfect in it? No. But I strive to be more and more. And then the last thing of the resurrection and power is confirming power. And that word to confirm means to establish or support the truth of something. The resurrection of Jesus Christ confirmed that he was God. Confirmed that he was who he said he was. It confirmed that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It confirmed that he was telling the truth the whole time he was on earth. It confirms what the Word said, what the Scripture, what the prophecy said. It confirmed all that. It confirmed that just as Jesus was resurrected, one day we're going to be resurrected. Hallelujah. Can't you, don't you just wait for that new body, that perfect body? When you go somewhere, they won't pull out the extra chairs. Just as death cannot hold Jesus in the grave, it won't be able to hold us forever either. We'll be resurrected. Hallelujah. That confirming power, it supported that Jesus would do what he said he would do. Hallelujah. You know, we're here this morning to celebrate. We're here to, to thank God for his awesome power, to thank him for his word. He, he, we've been transformed. In 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57, it says, Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God. You know, there's something that for years I feared death in many different ways. I was afraid to die. I did everything I could to keep from dying, even though I did a bunch of stupid things that could have gotten me killed. But I didn't want to die. At one time, I, I lived in such fear of death. You know these big, um, I call them putwood trucks with the big logs on them? And you ever seen how they tie those things? They're better now than they used to be because there's regulations. But I, I, I hated to ride beside behind one. And when I got ready to pass, I found a way I could go as fast as I could because I, I always feared that a log was going to roll off and crush me. I lived that way for a long time. But one day I got delivered from that. When I begin to think about how much Jesus loves me, I begin to think about how he has changed me. I begin to think about I don't have to fear death. I don't fear death. I don't have a death wish, but I don't fear death. Because death is just a graduation for me. And for all those who are in Christ, it's just going to be moving on into glory. Hallelujah. means I'll get to see him quicker than some of the rest of you if you're still here he gives us victory over sin and death through our lord jesus christ i also want to say it gives us victory over the fear of sin and death too he conquers that fear hallelujah i, I want to i'm going to read a scripture in a moment but i was just you know, if somebody walked in, why do you have a horse trough sitting in the middle of the church? Because when we leave here, there's going to be some dead men in there. Dead young men that I know of, and if anybody else had wanted, but they're, they're, their sins are going to, they're going to, it's, 
Hallelujah. And you know, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about him and, you know, about being able to be doing a baptism on resurrection and watch these three, three young guys come out of here resurrected. Woo. Hallelujah. It's going to be awesome. And, um, I thank God for that. And I thank God for his resurrection power. Before I read this last scripture, I just want to share with you, you know, if you, you don't know what baptism is, baptism is a public confession. They actually used to do it out on the street. You know, some people go to the river and there's all these people. It's a public, it's not a private thing. It's a public confession of what Christ did inside of you. It's a public confession. So when you come, you're showing everybody, hey, I've accepted Christ. I'm, I'm ready to leave that life behind. It, baptism in water doesn't save you, but it solidifies to everybody else what's happened. And in some ways, it solidifies it in you. I've seen people come out of that water shouting and praising God. Amen? Because of what Christ did. So we're going to be doing that in a few moments. And those who are participating, if you want to go ahead and, and um, if you're changing your clothes, go ahead and get that done. If not, hallelujah. So Philippians 3.10 and 11 in the Amplified says this, And this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the more remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and in that same way experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. It, oh, that, that resurrection overflows.